Private Lender Podcast, Episode 103. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Henry Kravis, who said, A real entrepreneur is someone who has no safety net underneath them. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Greetings and what is up, Lender Nation? Welcome to the Private Lender Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Baker, and you're listening to episode 103. This is the only podcast, the one and only podcast of its kind dedicated to teaching everyday people just like you and me how to prosper with the most passive form of real estate investing known to humankind, private lending, while at the same time giving tips, tricks, and ideas that can help you keep your money safe. Like It's just this simple. If you're looking for practical tips and advice on becoming a successful private lender, on how to create wealth without banks or Wall Street, then you are in the right place. But if you want to learn from my mistakes so you can avoid them and prosper much quicker, then pull up a chair, my friend, and take some notes because the Private Lender Podcast is just for you. As I record this episode, early May, Texas has begun to open back up from the coronavirus shutdown lockdown. I understand the death toll is still rising in the United States, but hopefully we can get over and around this quickly. Let's remember to keep our eyes on the prize. The present may be uncertain, but the future is to be determined by us. So today's topic is part two on appraisals. Today, I'm going to go over the Uniform Residential Appraisal Report, or also known as Fannie Mae Form 1004 and Freddie Mac Form 70. It's a seven-page document, including definitions, uh, amendments, and certifications, and all that kind of fun stuff, some language. But there's really about three pages that we're going to dive in on and go over in detail the actual report. And I'm going over a report that from a house I sold six years ago. And this report is 35 pages in length, this appraisal report. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it and start looking at this. So you can also go to privatelenderpodcast.com, go to the show notes page. This is episode 103, and you can download a blank version of the uniform appraisal, residential appraisal report. So yeah, go to the show notes and uh, go ahead and get you a copy of that. So on the first page, a lot of times is, is the invoice. So in this case, the appraiser that the borrower's uh, lender used put the invoice first. And I see that they paid $470 for the appraisal, which is uh, six years ago. That's not, that's not bad. Today, I, I just kind of uh, eyeball around the, the 500 mark. So for a little bit of, uh, I guess you call that for inflation. Anyway, the second page contains appraiser certifications, uh, the requirements, it'll list the subject property, who the borrower is, especially the lender's name, because that is the actual customer of the appraisal report. The third page of this particular report is really a cover page. It has a photo of the house I sold and just the lender, borrower, address, basic stuff. Uh, Fourth page is a letter to the lender saying, you hired me, here it is, basically. Subject to all limitations and discrepancies listed herein, so that's just really the f- the formality of communicating the appraisal report to the the lender, which in this case is going to be you. So uh, you want to read every page of your appraisal report very very carefully. So page five is summary of salient features, which it just goes on to describe the the overall dwelling, the improvements, the number of beds, baths, so on and so forth address and legal description. And again, lender and borrower 
uh, are both identified. Now, page six is the actual first page of the Uniform Residential Appraisal Report as put out by the government. It's broken down into sections or paragraphs, which on the left-hand side, you'll see the first being the subject property, and they'll put in the borrower, the lender, the type of loan, whether it's a purchase or a refi, the address, legal description, and the current owner of record. The next section discusses the contract on the property. Did the appraiser look at, at the contract? Were there any provisions or seller concessions in the contract? And in this case, the appraiser did look at the contract. And lo and behold, if he didn't appraise the house for spot on the contract price, the sales price. Funny how that happens, isn't it? No, so after the contract, there's a section for the neighborhood. And these are going to be the boundaries or the, or the street. It lets you know if it's urban, suburban, or rural. What are the growth trends? Is it a stable neighborhood? Is it a new build? Is it rapidly filling in? Or is it a, a slow infill? Or is it a, de- a declining neighborhood? It's good information there that the, uh, the appraiser puts in. Now, granted, it's still an opinion, but it's nice to have. So when you, you can look and see, and you're trying to compare apples to apples, this information can help. The next section is the site, which is going to be basically the property, where it is. What are the dimensions? What is it zoned for? Does it have zoning? What is the highest and best used for that property? It, does it reside in a FEMA flood zone? Or, and are there any adverse site conditions? Very good to look into this and see and make sure to get everything that the appraiser has put down, especially highest and best use. It's funny because if you're looking at a residential property in a, in a master plan community, the highest and best use is as a single family residence. So usually that's kind of a no brainer, but figured I'd just, I don't know, bring it up to, I don't know, fill more time. I don't know. <laughs> Old man moment, squirrel. <laughs> uh, the next segment, a section uh, discover, uh, discusses the improvements or the dwelling. So it gives a general description, the, the year built, the design, what type of foundation, is there a basement, what type of building materials were used, stick frame, two by four, drywall, tile floor, hardwood floors. How many cars is the garage? Does it have a garage? Also lists any physical deficiencies. Does the property conform to the neighborhood and function, style, and condition? You know, is this a dilapidated house that needs to be, if this is a flip? In this case, I, this was a, a house hack. I had actually lived in the house and remodeled it myself and then sold it for a nice, a nice chunk of change. In this appraisal report, the neighborhood, the, the property did conform to everything the neighborhood had to offer, as most will. And it was in a little bit better than average condition. So that was represented in that section. On the next page begins the, the second page of the uh, Uniform Appraisal Report is the sales comparison approach. This is your, where the, the subject property is listed, and it'll be three comps that the appraiser uses to arrive at his estimate of value. This page will, or this section will list things such as sales prices, the square footage, design, the construction, age. The room count, what type of HVAC or heating? Is it central heating, central air? How many porches? How many patios, fireplaces? Any extra amenities? This will also, you will find the data source. In this case, it's the MLS, multiple listing service. And then also at the very bottom of the page is the reconciliation and final estimated price value. And like I said, a lot of times you will see the appraisal come in at the loan amount right on the money or just a little above, I've seen. However, I do know of friends who are selling houses and appraisals are coming back low and it's causing some problems for, uh, for them, obviously. And given this is the corona time, the coronavirus time, it, it's, uh, it's, I'm keeping my eyes on it and trying to touch base with those friends to find out what's going on and just try to keep my pulse on. And that's on the retail side, uh, sales side, but that's ultimately you know, where investors want to be is selling on the retail. So anyhow, those are the second page or the, 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 um, 
sales comparison approach. Page 8 goes on to provide comments regarding that sales comparison approach and also gives some neighborhood analysis. I mean, is this subject, this neighborhood subject to a homeowners association, planned unit developments, that's PUDs, PUDs, that's the basically the master plan community or the developer. How many units have been purchased? Are any rented? Was the project created by the conversion of an existing building within a uh, unit development? These kind of things. It's really not. In this particular report, nothing is filled out because the house did not was not subject to HOA fees. That was in the city of Houston proper and were under city ordinance rather than HOA control. So that was good aspects and bad aspects. Uh, I didn't have to pay HOA fees, but then I kind of got the same service. I got what I paid for in a manner of speaking. So anyhow, that rounds out that page, which is oh, also comes, you see the cost approach and the income approach. And I look at the cost approach because my day job is an insurance adjuster. So I want to see what a replacement cost would be. And in this case, it was $1,000 more than the sales price of the property. So that's probably a good thing. You don't want that replacement cost being way, way too high. And especially if you're insuring it for the sales price. So like the sales price was three fifteen. So if it would cost 400000 to rebuild that house, I would want to insure it for that amount, not what I paid on the note, not what I borrowed for, how much I paid on you know, the contract. So just keep that in mind when it comes to the cost approach. Income approach, that's just mostly for commercial buildings and, and income generating properties. But it, my understanding is that the income approach does not do justice for single family residences. So that's why the sales comparison approach is still used. Okay, so then you go down to page eight of this one. The next page had comments, the scope of work, uh, the intended use, definition of market value, statement of assumptions, and limiting conditions. You need to run through those and see if there are any limiting conditions or uh, any caveats that uh, the appraiser has left in because he was not able to, you know, there's, he had some difficulties doing the appraisal, whatever. Definitely want to uh, look through that. And also, if this is a rehab, and this, well, this is a house hack, but Let's say you're planning to rehab it and sell it in 90 days. You provide that scope of work to the appraiser so that he can look at an as-is condition and then after repaired value, basically. And that's where you're going to use, you know, that's what your LTV is going to be pinned to that or should be. But you definitely want to find out if there's any limited conditions to, uh, or, you know, any concerns or caveats. The next page, is it, the rest of it's kind of bull at this point. It's just kind of redundant stuff. The, so, the meat and potatoes have been delivered. Now this is just a bunch of verbiage. Talks about the what what the appraiser certifies that he or she went to the property, checked the MLS, blah 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 blah. If it's done under the supervision of, let's say, if it's not a it's a new appraiser and they haven't you know oil field term we say broken out yet, but they haven't become gone out on their own. So somebody oversees everything, all the reports. There's a blurb, a little area for the supervisor to to sign off. And that's in the bottom of that page is where the appraiser signs as well. Now, from page 13 through 35, I'm going to go through pretty quickly because, we, like I said, we just went through the meat and potatoes. That uniform residential appraisal report is what banks are going to look at when they buy notes, right? They want to see that this loan was originated properly in a, within certain guidelines, mostly so they can sell the loan to Freddie or Fannie. But nonetheless, that's what this form is there for. But don't stop reading it there. There's 35 pages in this report, and I'm going to pick out just a few that I feel we should go over briefly and that you should be aware of. You're going to find supplemental addendums, photos of the subject property, photos of comparables, a building sketch, the comp location map, 
flood map. That's key. I always want to see that. They'll have a usually have a tax assessor's map and a market condition addendum, or basically a, a page that says, you know, they've studied the, the local real estate market and these are the trends. You know, prices are going up, days on market are decreasing, increasing, or staying the same, or, you know, steady, that kind of thing. And the other, the other uh, thing I really like is you get to see the, at least a front photo of the comp. So in this case, you know, the house was half brick and half wood exterior, half cedar shake shingles. And one of the comps, uh, he didn't list it for the pricing, but it was a similar size of lot, but it was an all brick building, which would be, uh, would bring a higher price. So, but that was listed in there and see, being able to look through and see if the comps, are they close to apples to apples? You, you, want, you want them to get as close as they, as they can. And that's what, that's what the appraiser's job is to do. The other cool thing I like is they give the definitions of ratings. And so, for example, a C1 is a brand newly built, brand new, brand new built house. So this isn't a, let's say some subdivision or a custom home. It's been built as brand new. C2 is not a new building, but has, is one that has been recently updated with the modern bells and whistles. And these go down all the way to C6, which are uh, says improvements have substantial damage, so the dwelling is not in good shape, and it's damaged enough to affect the safety of the building. So that's what you you kind of want to see as a rehabber, don't you? The, the C fives and whatnot. You definitely want to see some distressed properties, and those six C C fives and whatnot are definitely in that that area. So okay, so just to recap. This is the Fannie Mae Form 1004 Freddie Mac Form 70 Uniform Residential Appraisal Report. And especially if you don't have any experience in comping properties, do not loan money without one of these. This is a a non-negotiable. This will break the deal if the borrower will not pay for an appraisal. So keep that in mind. But it's a great tool to have. It's a standardized method of evaluating the value of a property based on sales comps. And especially if you want to sell your note, you'll definitely want to have a copy of the original appraisal to go along with the loan package so that whoever or whatever buys it sees that you followed prudent underwriting guidelines in making that loan. So lots of important things there. Go to the show notes page, privatelenderpodcast.com. This is show 103. And there you'll find a link to download the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac Uniform Residential Appraisal Report. All right. Well, I mumbled through that one long, quick enough, long enough. So that's going to do it for this episode 103. I want to thank you for sharing your ears and your time with me today because I really do appreciate it. And this is the part where I ask for an honest rating and review over at iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever platform you're using to hear my voice right now. And also keep a lookout for some more episodes of Ask a Private Lender to pop up here and there on Facebook in the coming weeks. And that's going to do it. So besides self-awareness. I wish you all safe and prosperous private lending, and I hope everybody stays safe. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.